Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. John 4 is the episode. We visited some friends out in Arizona some uh, 30 years ago. We had gotten to know them when we first moved here. They moved shortly thereafter to Arizona. We visited at the wrong time of the year. Visited in August. 122 degrees. And we were leaving the next day to drive eight hours to the Grand Canyon. And Don and Jan asked us, do you have enough water? They said, you should drive at midnight, you know, to escape the heat, okay? And, and we just didn't do that. <laughs> do you have enough water? You say, yeah, we got two or three bottles of water here. And, and she said, you don't have enough water. She had like eight empty gallons, and she filled them with water, and she said, now I have enough water. She said, up north you'd never go out in the middle of winter without blankets and other preparations, because you don't want to die, and when you're in Arizona, it's 120 degrees out, you want plenty of water. Maybe that was Jesus' situation in John chapter 4. I mean, it's 70 miles from Galilee down to Jerusalem, all right? And he's about the halfway mark. He's covered 35 miles. And maybe that was the situation that brought him to Sychar's well. Sends the disciples into town looking for food, maybe also looking for water pots. I don't know. And a woman comes and Jesus says to her, Can you give me a drink of water? I hope he said, please. Can you drink, give me a drink of water? And she showed attitude, perhaps for good reason. She had been married five times, was living with husband number six. Maybe she was being tired of bossed around by the males that exist on the planet. And she gave him a hard time. She said, you're a, a Jew and I'm a Gentile and you guys don't even look upon us as worth anything more than dogs. And now you're asking me to give you water. Cut to the chase. That's what Jesus did. He said, Dear lady, if you knew who you were talking to, you'd have asked me for living water. And if I were to give you living water, then you'd never thirst again. Maybe that's why Jesus stopped her. Or maybe Jesus looked in sight of her 300 million people on the planet at that time. Now we've got 7 billion. And Jesus has the same capability of looking inside of you and knowing, all, knowing what's going on in your life. He realized that if she came for water, she'd come back later that evening because that's how hot it was there in Palestine. But he said, my water, that thirst that is in you, will be quenched. And it didn't take much time before they started discoursing about her life. And the fact that whatever her soul was thirsty for, she thought she would find it in male number one, and male number two, and male number three, and male number four, and male number five. And now she's with male number six, she still hasn't hit the jackpot. She's still thirsty in her soul. Jesus said, I give you living water. 
The Jews knew what he was talking about, living water for the Jew. They were always doing rites of purification. They were always using water. And the only water they could use was water that flowed from springs or from streams or from rivers. It had to flow, and that water that flowed was called living water. That could be used for purification. They could never use water that came from a container because that was dead water. The Jews knew what he was talking about. I don't know if the Gentile woman did. I'll give you living water. And the living water I give you will produce in you a stream of water. And whatever thirst your soul has, if I get inside of you, the thirst will come to an end. Are you thirsty? Supposed to drink what? What is it, man? Who, doctors and nurses here. What is it? Eight, what, eight ounces a day? Eight times a day, right? 64 ounces a day. You'll be thirsty again tomorrow. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? You got stress going on in your life. You got anxiety going on in your life. It affects your whole system. And the more stress you got going on, the thirstier you get, physically speaking, but also in one's soul. Uh, were you thirsty today, or do you have a 24 hour reprieve because it's Christmas? Everyone's fine and dandy at Christmas. Your Christmas letters say that everything is fine and dandy in your life, and I believe you. And certainly on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, for 48 hours, man, right? This is the best sleep you ever have. Because all of this has gone away for 48 hours. There's no stress, there's no anxiety, there's no illness, there's nothing you worry about. Because it's Christmas. And God would say, baloney. And Jesus would say, baloney. And the angel choirs in heaven would say, baloney. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a what? Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Streams of living water. You think God runs out? I, I, I got a kick this past week in our little neighborhood right here. Because you had Shell gas station, you had uh, Delta Sonic, they had gas wars going on. Hadn't seen those in 50 years, okay? So we have 219 and 205 and 201, and then we have $1.89 a gallon over there at Shell, okay? And you hated driving because there's 40 or 50 cars trying to, trying to get into those gas stations, and they're parked on 159th Street, Oak Park Avenue. It's nuts. So you drive by there and you see all these cars and you're thankful you made it without an accident. And then you drive back an hour later and the gas station is empty. They've run out of gas. There's those yellow sleeves on all the pumps. And that goes on for about four or five days. And today is back to normal. I love it. It's 275 a gallon. Okay. And no one's there. And yay, peace has been restored. Can God run out of his grace? When he promises you something, when he promises you living water and the sins that still haunt you, 
at the end of this year, something that happened earlier this year, something that happened 10 years ago or 20 years ago, and your mind, as hard as you try, your mind goes back to that. And the thirst in you with regards to the forgiveness you desire and the guilt that you feel and the wish that you could do it all over again because you'd do it totally different. He promises that that thirst can go away. Blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven. I'll take your sin, trample them under my feet, cast them into the depths of the sea. Where does your thirst come from? The constant fear or worry that controls your life. In the middle of the night, middle of the day, you don't focus. Someone's talking to you and you don't hear a thing they say and they say it again. They're looking at you wondering what's wrong with you. And you've got stuff going on in your head they know nothing about. And that produces a thirst. Jesus is hanging on that cross. What words come out of his mouth? Two words, I thirst. Why? Because he's been whipped to almost the point of his life and all that loss of blood and all the anguish and all the pain. Great thirst. Why else does he thirst? Because he's in anguish, he's about to say, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Do you have thirst? This past year when the baby came, did you you feel the streams of living water? This past year when you got accepted into the U of I, which you had always hoped, did you see the streams of living water? When the doctor said, cancer's in remission, I don't see it at all, man. I think it's gone. The streams of living water flow on that day. When you got engaged, on the day you got married back there in June in the forest preserves, uh, streams of living water, you stood right next to them when you were getting married. Streams of living water, did you see them? Did you feel them? Did you know them? But this past year, when the cancer returned... Streams of living water, did you know they were there? They're kind of quiet. Water's kind of quiet, man. It just sneaks up. When you broke up with your boyfriend of six years and the marriage had to be canceled, did you still know streams of living water were there? When you lost your job the day before your birthday and you got two kids, how am I going to get them to college, man. They're older, but how am I going to get them to college or do anything? I'm 55 years of age. No one's going to hire me. Did you know the streams of living water were still there? That's what he's talking about. That's what he's talking about. Grandpa was put in charge of a three-year-old. You never want to put Grandpa in charge of a three-year-old, right? Raise your hand if that's an affirmation, all right? Never put grandpa in charge of a three-year-old, okay? So they all leave, they go shopping, we'll be back in ten minutes. Grandpa, can you handle this? Oh yeah, it'll be a piece of cake here, okay? So the little one, uh, three years of age, three and a half, sitting at the table, and grandpa's watching her, and then grandpa decides to go into the living room, uh, like for a minute, okay, I'm going to get something there. And, and by the time he comes back a minute later, she's up on the table, and that pitcher of water she had seen her mother pour, she decides she's going to pour from that big pitcher of water into her little cup. And Grandpa comes around the corner, sees what's going on, 
knows that if he yells, he's going to freak out and spill everything, knows that he doesn't have the speed to get there quickly enough. Sure enough, she pours that pitcher into that little glass, and it falls immediately, and the water goes everywhere. She's not upset. She's not crying. She's excited. She's clapping her hands. She's saying, Papa, water goes everywhere. Tables and chairs and floor and onto the carpet, it goes everywhere. And that's what Jesus said about his water. I say it every Christmas Eve. Say it next year if God gives me the grace. Because every single year the stories of the 800 families in this congregation are changing. And every year the stories in my life are changing. There is one constant. And that is our Lord and the streams of living water that flow from Him. There's a story in Psalm, I believe it's Psalm chapter 43. The Israelites are surrounded by the Amalekites. The men are looking at their women and children and they're saying, I'm going to lose them. And the wives and children are looking at their dads and their grandpas and they're going to say, we're going to lose them. This army around us is the largest that exists on this earth, we are going to die. And for weeks and months they couldn't sleep, couldn't eat, couldn't do anything. And then God comes and He confuses the enemy and they're saved. And God says this, I have done a new thing. I have sent a river of water through my holy city. And you scratch your head because there's no river in Jerusalem there is in Nineveh, there is in Babylon, there is in Damascus, there is in these other major cities, that's why they built them where they built them. But Jerusalem didn't build its city around a river. There is no river there. And God said, I have poured a river through this city. And the river is His blessing and His presence in our lives. That's what I think God wanted me to share with you this evening, Christmas Eve 2019. I think that's what God wanted me to share. That no matter what going, is going on in your life, He can do His miracle. He will make a channel and flow a river through whatever circumstance you and I go through. Closing word, a young boy. Talked about him before. 26 years of age, cancer, says to his dad, it's like I'm on a raft going down a river. And sometimes the raft is going very fast, sometimes going very slow. Sometimes I think I'm getting better, sometimes I, I think it's, it's getting really bad. But dad, I know that on this river that I'm riding, I know who the captain is. And I have my peace. I know who the captain is. And I have my peace. From the Prince of Peace to you. In our Savior's name. Amen. Let me have a prayer with you. He drinks of the living water. And he brings it to high school with him. And he professes the same in a Christmas letter he sends out. 
He loses his wife, his son, and his grandson. He writes a Christmas letter four months later. And in the midst of that grief, the living water pours out from him as he says, who goes through anything like this without God? But with God, all things are possible. The ones I love are safe. I will see them again. He goes off to college six years ago, starts a Bible study in a fraternity that existed for 85 years and had never had anything religious in it, And that young man, six years later, 180 people have been through that Bible study that continued after he graduated. Streams of living water flowing forth all the time from the Son of God to his people and from his people, his children, to the lives of others that you bring up across our path who are as thirsty as we were. You saw them thirsty and he gave them something to drink. May it be so for your children on this earth, in our Savior's name. Amen.